What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Sheehan Show here on Shardog.com. And I'm absolutely delighted to be joined by Nathan Kelly before his headlining spot at PFL Europe finale in Dublin against Dimitri Salme. Nathan, how are things? I know uh, a lot of people have been confusing you with the uh, with the other Nathan Kelly over the last while, so it's, it's good to get the headlining spot to, to, I suppose, clear that up before the, uh, before the event starts. Yeah, yeah. Now it's uh, it's all a bit of fun, you know what I mean? It's uh, it's like pure ironic that me and Nate both train in the same gym. You know what I mean? We're on the same card, and you know what I mean. It's there's there's a funny side to it as well. But yeah, now it's uh, it's 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 uh, it's exciting. It's exciting. I right? headlining the the card three arena. So um, like I said, the the few people in the past, I was like I, I've kind of always wanted to kind of have this kind of like spotlight, high pressure, you know. Like he, all, all, all the stakes are on me to win in a sense. So like I, I lo- kind of love that that the idea of having that, uh, you know, pressure and and the all that stuff that comes with it and getting the win. Then with, with all this pressure on headlining and you know when there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of backing behind you. you now it's gonna be that bit sweeter and I'm sure it'll start opening a few more doors for me. Like. I think it's been a very interesting time. Obviously, like a lot of uh, Irish fighters have headlined the three. Although not, not less, I suppose recently, I suppose. But it's great to see like the the different, you know, different weight classes, different people, new people headlining the three arena all the time. And like, I suppose it's it's now becoming a, a dream. But before we maybe get to, to that in the fight itself, let's go back to where I suppose it all started for you. When you got into MMA, was this the dream? Were you getting into MMA? I suppose a lot of people over the last while, like some have gone in because. You know, they played sport when they were young. Some got in because they were bullied. Some got in, you know, because of Connor, obviously, uh, on the way up and, and he, what he did for the sport. What was your story? How did you get into mixed martial arts? Yeah, so how I got into mixed martial arts, how I got into mixed martial arts was because I actually used to play uh, football from my local team. And I was kind of like, I was in a position in, in football where I was training all the time, but, you know, I wasn't given enough game time on the weekends to kind of improve in the games. And when I was playing as a sub, I think I mean, my confidence was getting knocked and obviously performances. When I would go on then as a sub, I'd be like flustered because I wasn't, I didn't start the game. I couldn't grow into the game. And I felt like trying to put me in a position, put me into a position where there's probably a lot of pressure on and you, need, you maybe need a goal. And I just, I wasn't able to deal with it because I didn't have the actual in-game experience. So started to go downhill with that and I was losing a lot of confidence in myself as like an athlete you'd say because I took a lot of I took all my training seriously like you know I'd never miss training I'd put 100% 110% in every single time and around that time I was kind of looking at things I could do because I knew I was kind of on the, on the way out and around the time I was playing the UFC 2009 PlayStation game and you know in the creative fighter career mode where you create your own fighter and you, and you do everything that's involved or yeah you know, you get to learn the moves and you can pick your style of kickboxing, boxing, wrestling, jiu-jitsu and stuff like that. And I was always mad into like uh, WWE as a kid and Brock Lesnar obviously turned over and I would have been using him in the game. And I thought it was cool that he was in MMA now and I'd take people down ground and pound them. But um, I was always a fan of that style, like ground and pounding and Grandy got taking them down, smashing them. 
and then uh, obviously played the career mode and saw the kind of ins and outs of jiu-jitsu in a little bit more detail than I would have known. Like, for example, you can learn how to do the moves in the game. So you hold L1, you spin the analog, and he does an armbar, and he does a triangle, he does all the, and then sweeps and stuff like that. And when I saw them, I was kind of like, that's a bit intriguing to me, you know what I mean? Because I was always, like I said, a fan of wrestling, and me and my mates used to always you know, be out on the green, wrestling each other, try, trying to take each other down. And I felt like that if I if I put myself into this with the work ethic I had, I could I could really excel if I as long as I stayed disciplined, which I knew it was gonna be anyway. But um but yeah, I played the game for a while. Obviously saw the in the game there was like the Forrest Griffin, Stefan Bonner uh, Ultimate Fighter finale and I saw that and and I ended up watching that fight and I was just like I just blew me away because cause like they just there was a all out war, you know what I mean? And I was like, oh, I want to try this. And then obviously I started watching when I seen the because I just seen the finale. I didn't see the season. Then I watched the season, the four season of the Ultimate Fighter, and the way they laid it out with the you know the Ultimate Fighter, the house, and everyone comes in and they're training. And I saw the training then properly in, in like how the how the coaches want you to train and all the challenges they used to do. And I just thought it just looked the training of all them. I just looked deadly. And I was like, right, I really want to try this, but. At the time, I was only like 12, toward, going toward in, and I was a little mammy's boy, and my ma didn't really want me to get hurt, and you know yourself, and I had braces and all the time, I only got them, and she just had to, she, you know, as, your ma, as a typical mother would, she doesn't want that son fighting, but uh, eventually, a um, bit of convincing, my cousin's boyfriend trained in the local jiu-jitsu club, uh, that Barry, Barry would have been coaching in and um, he kind of just put this feeling for me and said look it's safe he's not going to get hurt and I did my first class I mean funny enough my first class was actually a Muay Thai class and uh, I did the class and I was whacking the bag with elbows and knees and you know all the kicks and I actually I done that and I just fell in love and I just said you know what if I'm going to make I'm going to make this like from day one John I swear to God I said I'm going to make this a, a career for myself and I'm going to make sure that I can uh put the work in, stay disciplined and, and achieve what I know I can achieve as, as long as I keep turning up and 13 years later, here I am now and uh, it's starting to kind of really unfold, the, the the fruits of my life are starting to kind of show and yeah, it's all these opportunities starting to come my way so it's kind of coming, it's kind of coming full circle but I'm still not full circle because I still have, I'm only, only starting my career really so like, I'm starting to kind of really head into this, this like way of being a professional mixed martial artist but that's more or less the gist of how I got into it. And since day one, I've been hooked. It's funny how it takes 13 years to get a start, didn't it? <laughs> That's the way yeah. it, it generally happens. But just on, on, on Barry as well, and I saw uh, that you're you're a BJJ black belt, aren't you? At, at 25. Yeah. You must be one of the youngest BJJ black belts in Ireland, surely ever, are you? I don't like it. I don't like the fucking. I don't like to sound big-headed or anything like that. But I think I was the youngest at yeah. the time. That's, um, like, that's mad to do. But I used. I used to have this like that imposter syndrome where it's like, oh, I'm not a fucking. I'm not a black belt. I'm not this. Yeah. I'm not that. But like, you know, obviously, Barry was just trying to instill me that I was at a certain level, and I just need to understand that I'm at that level. And even though it might not be, like the highest level compared to some other black belts who are obviously Mundial champs and blah, blah, blah. I can't dismiss the knowledge that of the sport that I actually have. And then, yeah, I got it. And, and I've just been growing into it ever so slightly since then, you know what I mean? But I was 20, I think I just went 23 when I got my black belt, yeah. 
that's that's about nine. I suppose a lot of people mightn't know. Obviously, you you used to be with Barry, and if they look at your uh, amateur record, you know you'd probably guess considering a lot of your current teammates you actually fought them when you were an amateur. So just yeah. just before we talk about maybe the move to SPG, what was it like? I suppose training with Barry and uh, like everyone who knows Barry knows how intelligent he is and how much thought he puts into it. And I know you're you're still close enough to him. What was it like? I suppose coming up with him and and having him as as someone who's kind of uh, I suppose tutoring you to get to where you are today. Yeah, it was. I'm very fortunate to have met him because uh, from day one, like I'll just bring it back to the very start. Like when I first joined the uh, uh, the club and I was training with Barry, I, like at the time, my mum paid for my membership, my mum and dad paid for the membership, and uh, it was sweet. But then a month or two went by, I was still turning up, but my mum, I was like, "Mom, we need to pay the membership," and she like didn't really have the money to pay and. Another month went by, didn't have the money. Another month went by, didn't have the money. But I just kept training. I was still turning up, being like cheeky in a roundabout way. I was still turning up and training because I didn't want to be anywhere else. And, you know, I think Bar- I was obviously ended up having the chat with Barry. He's like, look, you need to get your man to pay and blah, blah. I was like, yeah, I will. But just kept turning up, just kept turning up. And I, I always kept saying to him, look, um, I've signed to me, man. She said she's, got, she's just saving up to give, give you the lump sum, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, fortunately for me, he ended up just saying, look, Instead of your mat paying, you can walk from me, you can clean the gym, you can clean the mats, you can do what do whatever you need we need to use to do in the gym and then that'll pay for your membership. So and in a, in in one way or another, I think he kinda he knew that there was something to me because I was there every day in training. All the lads who were there before me, I, I was beating them from like early doors. Like I all the lads had more experience they were training a bit longer than I was and you know, I go in with this kind of like, I will not lose mentality. And I was just, I was kind of getting the better of everyone very quickly. And this is at 14. And I remember one, just one of the days, the first day I actually met Barry properly, it was like a wrestling uh, King of the Ring session, take, first takedown, I pushed him out of the circle, you win. And I was trying with everyone, my weight and size from like 13 up to 14, 15, probably 40 kilos to 50 kilos. And I, I won about 20 matches in a row. And he just goes, you go, you go on up there to the older lads and start training with the 17, 16, 17, 18 year olds who were all like 60, 70 kilos. And I was doing well against them, you know what I mean? And I think he was like, right, we, I might be onto something here with this kid. And uh, yeah, luckily for me, he took me under his wing, guided me. Like, obviously I had like, you know, some 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 trouble in my own life in regards to like, like, family issues male role models all that jazz and i think he kind of stepped in and was the perfect role model at the time that i needed to guide me in the in the right direction in this sport and i built a very good like a uh, close relationship with him over the years because of that and he basically treated me like his own son like he would he would drop me home after training he would do it like he was just everything that a coach entails a good coach entails he he was for me and still is like I still like I still coaching Cayuso. I still train with him. You know what I mean? I I I still look out him for advice even today. He's a very intelligent man, as you said. So he's never someone. He's not someone who I'll ever like move on or get rid of me out of my circle. But ultimately, like I think, cause we had that close, um, you know, student coach relationship. That's the reason why we had so much success. And he wasn't afraid to to throw me in the in the deep end and throw me in against experienced lads to almost sometimes make me have a loss, you know what I mean? Some lads who he knew would probably get the better of me, he was throwing me in against them. Not that he think I wasn't going to win, but he knew it would be a good challenge for me and he wasn't trying to spoon-feed me opponents to build me record or to make me felt self like a big ego-driven maniac. So uh, with him in me corner, I think all the time, the attention he put into me, 
is the reason why I got so quick so fast and yeah, it was just a perfect, the perfect combination of coach to student that I needed as a kid and teen, young teenager. And uh, ultimately now, f- because of that, I've I've had such good success, and he really gave me a good like platform to grow, and he got me to a certain level where I was able to take it on to the next level. Then obviously move gyms then and 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 uh, spar lads a bit more uh, higher in level and stuff like that, but. Without Barry, there'd be no Nathan Kelly, and that's 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 ultimately the, the truth of the situation. I, I, and it's Barry Oglesby as well. I don't think we said he's full name, so he's, <laughs> we've, uh, if we talk about it for 10 minutes, you better uh, uh, mention his name. But it's great, though, to hear stories like that because, you know, there's a lot of negativity a lot of time around in, in Irish MMA, but MMA in general. But to hear, you know, stories like that and, and, you know, the way John treats fighters, and I saw Andy Ryan on the news last week talking about it as well. It's like, it's fantastic. And the, the way these people do things, like they go above and beyond, it's absolutely fantastic. It's great to hear Barry doing that as well. When you move to SVG, then, was it? Was there any bit of awkwardness or anything like that? Considering you'd fought Richie Small and Kieran Clark and a few more lads as well, what was the what was the first training session like there when when, when lads you'd already been in with? <laughs> it was actually it was actually brilliant. I remember when I first walked in, Richie was actually the first face I seen, and he couldn't believe that I was there because obviously I would have been just in contact with John. I wouldn't have not told anyone that I was coming. Like it would have been just John who knew I was coming. And uh, yeah, I walked in and Richie see me and he fucking smile on his face he was like what the fuck are you here like i walked up to him and he was like fucking great to have you in the gym like and from day one richie richie always has been very um very uh close to me like he, he'd be uh he'd be always looking out for you and giving you advice and uh you kind of make sure that you're comfortable in, in the gym you know what i mean and i, I really appreciate that then obviously the likes of Kieran uh as well i have, I have a good relationship with Kieran. um um, and then a lot of the other lads who I knew of, they were they were happy to have me as a training partner as well because they obviously seen who see me around the scene and stuff like that. Um, so it was like the perfect kind of mix of like, uh, like anxiety but also friendliness from me going in to to have these former followers as teammates and ultimately like there's no egos really in in the sport. If you look, if you delve deep into it, there's not really much egos. Everyone's really out for better in themselves and their teammates and when I went into the gym it was really it was really welcoming for me and and just I felt like I just gelled in from day one and I just I'm just fortunate that I that I was able to fit in so so quick because uh, I felt it so comfortable from the start that me developing just shot through the roof instantly obviously I was training there for a year before over a year before I ended up having a fight but um for that year I, I built good team chemistry uh, obviously got some really really good training in and you know just really gelled into the team to to have a level of uh, what would you say like I, I was in a positive environment for me to grow in a positive way basically is the only way I can kind of describe it so yeah I was I was fortunate to, to obviously have the experience of fighting some of the lads but I'm also fortunate they were so welcoming to me on the team I I I think that's very interesting but one of the most interesting things you talked about there is kind of loss and you know coming into a new gym obviously you're gonna you're gonna maybe lose rounds against him. and you t- talked about Barry and you know putting you in against older guys and bigger guys to, for a bit of loss and it, I, I hear sports people talk about it all the time I don't know if you know Aaron Galan he's a, a Limerick hurler he was talking about it the weekend like he won hurler of the year but a few years ago he was dropped off the panel and had to fight his way back on and like to suffer that kind of loss and to come back on like for you you lost the two first first two fights of your professional career 
And people might look at your record and go, oh, eight and two, that's a pretty good record. But it's actually like it's eight and oh after that. But the, I suppose you wouldn't have had the eight without the two. How important was it for those two losses? Uh, you know, a lot of people go, oh, two losses start your career, that's a disaster. But you use it as a spring bed to, to go to where you are today. For you, was that, was that almost the making of your pro career? And how do you reflect on those two losses, I suppose? Yeah, obviously at the time, uh, especially with the debut, I took it so so hard because I had a really good amateur career, Sean, and I felt like I felt like I was almost like trying to force myself to be confident. You know what I mean? Because I felt like even when I was winning fights and I was a like I'm a silver medalist, beating the, the top lads in Ireland on the regional scene, like I still didn't really believe. I almost like that had that imposter syndrome. Was like how. Like, I don't deserve to be here because I, I used to look at it from this perspective was that, like, I came from a really small gym. I didn't really have any MMA sparring partners. I used to kind of just do jiu-jitsu and then hit a bit of pads. And whatever MMA training I did was kind of with, like, real kind of fresh beginners. So I never really had a challenge. So when I was winning these fights, I was like, how am I winning these fights considering I don't have the level of sparring partners that all the rest of these lads have? You know what I mean? So I kind of had that imposter syndrome. And obviously, then got the con- finished my amateur career on a high, and got the confidence. Went in for the pro one, and 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 lost it. Like it was, it was actually soul destroying because leading up to the up to the fight, I was uh, or to the weigh-ins, I I, I did me weight cut and me me dieting all wrong. Like I was going like carbless ketogenic and for like weeks, and and I was working in Aldi at the time. And I was doing long hours and I was trying to balance it all and I was burning myself out and running myself into the ground. So like, but I still kept on the discipline with the wrong diet. So you have to like put it, like put it in this perspective as that like I was doing it all wrong, but so in such a disciplined way that that was just mentally torturing myself. But I'm still disciplined. I never broke. I still did everything wrong, rightly. You know what I mean? And then I like that. made way, won the, uh, got into the fight and lost so you have like the obviously the, the embarrassment of losing and my for my pro debut was the first time I ever got finished in me it's the only time I've ever got finished in my career. And uh, from amateur and pro. So that was a big, big weight on me to to to, to deal with and a lot of uh, a lot of emotions kinda came flooding in then on top of like me saying to myself, I'm after put putting all this work in for the last seven weeks, dieting as hard as I could on the ball with everything and go in and still lose like it was a real smack in the face of reality and the it shows what kind of side to the sport you're actually going to face when you get to a certain level and I took it very hard and I dipped in mental health I, I started going out and abusing abusing my body and partying and you know and feeling sorry for myself and and and, and kind of uh, running away from the life I should have been living which is a staying that disciplined to mixed martial arts and I was kind of looking for I always had an excuse for something I, I was I was I was I, can't, I didn't like how I the person I turned into that or I lost that fight so there was a few months went by where I was in and out of the gym undisciplined partying with me mates and abusing me body abusing me mind running myself into the ground and then I got the other fight then with Pavel Triarina that came around so I was like right I'm gonna get back in now we do it again and we, we, we right the wrong so had a really good like training camp for that as well like obviously dieted wrong again you know what I mean but did it dieted wrong disciplinedly and um, I lost that one by split decision but there was there was something about losing that one that just because I lost by split decision I, I got a taste of the, the real like superstar life I fought in the tree arena that time for Bama and it was like I was like right I was just this close like, like I'm nearly there like 
And I, I actually took it, I was so positive after that fight for a while, for like a few weeks, I was so positive, right, I'm going to get back in the gym and blah, blah, blah. And then two weeks went by, dipped again, uh, men- mental health dipped again, kind of went back to the carry on I was doing for after the first one. And then I just had like a, a little bit more of a moment of clarity where, where I was like, right, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to move up a weight and I'm going to make it a little bit easier for myself. I'm going to, I'm going to change my approach and, because when I was fighting that 61 kg, it was just, it was just, it, it was, me, me training camps were all revolved around making weight and not building skills. And I felt like that's what was letting me down in, in, on the night, me performances and stuff like that. Don't get me wrong, I was in great shape and I was really fit, but I just didn't have the sharpness of skills. And I said, right, fuck this, moving up the featherweight, um, be strong, be explosive eat as much food as I need to eat to be as best field as I can. And I moved up uh, to featherweight and I'm, I'm on an eight fight winning streak now, six, four round finishes. And literally it was one of them, them decisions in my career where I was like, if I don't do this the way I want to do it and, 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 and train the way I want to train, I'll end up just hating the sport. And I moved up to the, moved up to the right way, the right way for myself now that I'm comfortable in and, since then, I've just been on a great, a great tear, and yeah, it's just I'm so happy that I that I, I identified the problem and, and making way for bantam way, and yeah, I just ultimately eliminated that stress out of my life and made sure to enjoy me training, enjoy me food, and just have fun while doing it all. You know what I mean? I, I think that's very interesting because, like, I feel like, and this is just myself, and you correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel I feel like it took another few fights for you to get to a stage where you turned into like this really good prospect who was moving in in a direction that was, you know, uh, that had no ceiling. Like, I looked at the Scott Peterson fight, and I was doing a preview for that, and I was like, Scott Peterson, this this guy's a good fighter. Like, this is going to be a, a tough fight for yourself. But then after that, I was like, okay, well, we have to readjust what we're thinking here about Nathan Kelly because that was such, it was it was such a good performance. But like some people mightn't have acknowledged that if they didn't really know how good Scott was because of the record and everything like that. But it feels like since then, it's just been incremental improvement after improvement after improvement from a base that was actually pretty good to start with because of all the amateur fights and because of what had happened early in your career. Well, I've always viewed that as a turning point. Do you view that as a turning point as well? Because as you said, like you got, I look at the the lifestyle and that was in the tree arena. That was a big Bellator card with with a, a title fight on the, in the main event as well. Was that a massive, big, important fight for you? Yeah, like, oh, well, I personally thought it was because I was like, right, this is the one, this is the one where I'm, I'm starting to take that leap. Um, I thought, when I fought Roger and Shem, I think like, Obviously, the Roger fight, I knocked him out in nine seconds, so I didn't really have a, you know, I didn't really have a, a real look at me where I was, because that was yeah. my first fight since joining SBG. And then the Shen one came around, and I feel like that was a good character building exercise for me, because he was so highly regarded as a 6 and all prospect, and everyone was pulling out fights with him and feared him, and blah, blah, blah. And although I won in a creeping fashion that way, even though a lot of my skills didn't get to go on show, I felt like my uh, spirit my spirit gained, I gained a lot of spirit from that fight because I was a little bit drawn into his hype myself before I took it and I was kind of a little bit nervous. So when I won and, and, and I take it out, I was like, right, I'm ready for this next step. And John told me then, we'll get you, we'll get you a good opportunity next because you deserve it. Like, so when the battle call one came around, my whole mindset uh, switched because like I was still in Aldi. I was a manager at the time in Aldi at this point. And obviously had the biggest fight in my career, Bellator, Tree Arena. If I win this, who knows what can happen for me, you know what I mean? 
and then I get uh, the Scott. Scott, I didn't really know much too much about Scott initially until I looked into him and a uh, few of the lads like Kieran and Richie were telling me because they obviously had good IMAF background. And Kieran and Richie were like, "Look, now he's fucking good." Like you know what I mean? And I was like, "Right." Because obviously I didn't know how good he was going to be until I started watching his fights then. I was like, all right, this fella is fucking solid all around. Best around the world. And the IMAS, you know yourself, so you're fighting a high level, you're going to bring that level on the night. And I literally just went in with the approach of this this fight here, if I win this one, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be able to live the life I want to live because I had a few like... um you know, personal loans and stuff like that that I had when I was in work and I felt like the Bellator fight. Once I cleared this fight, if I did it all right and I got the win balance and everything like that, I could be able to leave the job and focus full-time. So in my head going into this, I was like, this fight is going to be the fight that that, that changes my career. But uh, ultimately, on the night then, yeah, I, I was just calm and composed. Like, obviously, I had a big crowd there and they, they drove me on. And when I best got, like... That was like a right, and even the lads in the same were like, even like the likes of Kieran, I would have talked to Kieran Richie about, and after then they were saying like, Nate, that is a fucking big win. And the fact that you out grappled them for three rounds and all that, you out struck them, out grappled them when, when it was when it was uh, on the feet, and then you took them down at, kind of at ease and stuff like that. But then again, he put me in spots where I had to react in a certain positive way, and I did. And yeah, it was a great, it was a great character building fight for me, and that was the one that when I when I when I won that, I was like, right. I think I'm at a certain level now where I can really build on and the confidence started to kind of run through me a little bit more. And then from then, then, yeah, I've just, I've just started to really, really believe in myself. And, and when I won in the training on that, on that night, like I said, it's a big, big hard Bellator. I think it was, uh, it was Hassi versus Vanderford. You know what I mean? It was a big opportunity for me to get my name out there against a good tough lad. I did it. And then, yeah, I just really, really started to believe in myself from, the, from then on in, you know what I mean? Yeah. And obviously, you had the Centurion fight after that, but it was later in the year you signed for the PFL. How good is that run being with PFL? Obviously, because, you know, it, it was, you, you're a, maybe an unusual person in the PFL in that you've almost had the Bellator run, and we'll talk about Bellator, like where you're fighting one-off fights almost all the time, where, you know, most people are in the tournaments and, and everything like that, but... I suppose it all comes to this weekend, or this weekend, and then it all comes to I suppose next year. And what's going to happen then? But you're, like your run has been superb in there, and I think you uh, you're almost unique as well in that you've kind of built yourself in PFL to to have people like expecting you to go into tournament and looking forward to that, and especially the fight with Zachary Hicks, where you know that must be the dream. Talk to me about that fight because. Like, you went there, I was watching it, it was on at three, four o'clock in the morning or whatever it was, I was thinking, do you know what I mean? you'd have a little bit of bias there watching the Irish fighter thinking, oh no, something bad going to happen. And you just go in, take him down, don't get touched, submit him, fight's over. That, like, that must be an insane feeling to have a fight like that. You go in, you get paid, you have a great night, you don't get touched, you're fine, you're out eating pizza and drinking beer that night, like, it must be absolutely fantastic. Yeah, that was a good one. I really enjoyed that trip because, um, you know, I was in Florida, I was in Universal Studios, so it was kind of cool. It was like the Apex kind of style vibe to it where there was like very, there was like 50 seats in it where kind of only like the Americans were there, obviously, um, because they were local and stuff like that. So a lot of, I was like in enemy, enemy territory again, you'll say, and your man, Zachary had his family and friends there and stuff like that. But I had two people who I used to manage in Aldi. They were in Florida at the time and they came. So that was, I was like, right, if they had to come and I can't fucking lose. Like, I, I need it. to win for the years, you know what I mean? But uh, yeah, no, it, see that one's wrong. It was just really, something about it was just really, really calm that whole week. And then I think being in the in the studios where it's just, 
Like there was only four fights on the night, and like it was just it was just so relaxed. Like even before me and Dave Rhodes were having a game, you know, the, where you throw the bean bags and you have to try to get it in the hole, and we are having games of that and all before it was just super, super calm and relaxed. And when I stepped into the cage, then I just felt like, yeah, I'm, I'm chill here. I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm not, I'm not over anxious. I'm not too hyped up. I'm just, I was at the right the right um level just the right level of of aggression for the fight really controlled aggression and ultimately then I, I, when i came out to to start the fight i knew that zach didn't really want to engage in any striking we knew he was going to try to take me down so just circling around being patient too like almost too calm in some sense and um yeah uh took him down he went from the shot on me took him down reversed him and like like i said in and out no damage taken I was a little bit dissatisfied because I really, really worked on my striking for that fight and I really wanted to show that I had a good level of striking. Uh, and then, in a, in a funny way, then it, this is no striking at all. Like, I'd t- take him down and submit him. But, you know, after that one, I was like, right, even though I was, I was kind of a bit of anticlimactic kind of a feeling from you because you train so hard for it. Because I knew about that fight from, like, uh, the start of... I ended, ended November, start of December. So... All that training to, to the third of March, and then you're, you're in and out in like a minute or two minutes, you know what I mean? Two and a half minutes. And uh, I was like, Did I have after like, fuck's sake, blah, blah, blah. And Dave was like, Well, you shut the fuck up. You, you, you won. You won. In his manner, like, you're, <laughs> getting, you're not worth You can move straight back onto the next one. And I was like, Right, I suppose. So from then, then I came back to the SPG. I was kind of talking to the lads. I was talking to Kiefer. I was like, Oh, bro, I'm just, I would have liked a bit more time. And he, even he was like, Will you shut up? Yeah, fucking. You have to get in and dominate them. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's what you, you know, we want to prolong our careers, as longevity, and all that jazz. And then I was like, All right, fair enough. And then I just, I, I stopped being a little bit sour about it. And I was like, Right we take these wins when, like 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 we need to and we take them when we can and, and ultimately you know you're not taking any punches to the head you're not getting your arm fucking swung out of no nothing like that so I was like right I need to change my mindset and appreciate these fights when they come and, and not be so uh, not be so petty that I didn't get to throw punches but um, yeah then f- funny enough then the next fight was a good old war so I kind of <laughs> I kind of went in a roundabout way in the way that I always I kind of wanted to go initially but um it was a great experience and really opened up another door for me then to get the MSG uh, fight then after, you know what I mean? And that was another fantastic fight. But then, obviously, we're moving to the Tree Arena and you're headlining. Were you a bit shocked when you heard the headline? Because for a long time, we'd been talking, you know, doing podcasts and things, and like, oh, who's going to headline? What's the crack going to be? Are they going to bring over maybe American fighters? Or is it going to be, you know, maybe friends in the headline and spot or something like that in the tournament final? But then, obviously, you, you know, you've been there for three fights now you're like the, the Irish star coming through and you get the headline spot. What was a little bit unexpected for you? Because I feel like it was unexpected for a lot of people, but then when you think about it, it makes a lot of sense. Wh- when did you find out you're going to be headlining? And what was, I suppose, what was the reaction? Yeah. So initially that <laughs> I seen, they put out the card, I got tagged in it and I was actually the co-main event with John. I think John Mitchell was the, was the, was the main event. And I was like, ah, sweet grand. That's a, that's a nice placement on the card didn't think anything of it then like i didn't think too much into that and then um i just remember then uh dan hardy was like uh put up the, the kind of fight poster or whatever it was the pfl put up and it's like nay is facing a tricky test since dimitri here and all the pressures on him so we need to we're gonna see if he can uh, live up to the pressure and, and 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 handle it on the night and i just kind of retweeted like give me all the pressure like because uh, i really wanted to 
I really wanted to be under the, the most pressure I could be to, to prove to everyone that no matter what situation you put me in, I'm going to, I'm going to prevail and I'm going to come through and, and get the performance that ultimately puts me in the next step in the right direction. And then I just remember I was, I think I was driving home from training from boxing and, uh, just seeing uh, my sister sent me like a screenshot or whatever like that of me as the main card. And I was like, what the fuck? So then I went on and had a look. But then the post, when I went to look, go on, then the post was taken down. And I was like, ah, they must have made a mistake. They must have like put it up by accident or whatever. And then like, I don't know, it was a few hours later or the next day, then they put it up again and it was actually me in the headline. So then that, I was like, all right. Like, uh, and you see, I was like, right. This is this is strange. You know what I mean, because I didn't expect it. But then, when I thought about, it, I was like, right, I'm selling, I'm selling a heap of tickets. You know, I'm I'm three fights deep in the PFL. They, I have like, I'm from Dublin. It's in Dublin. Like, I think all the th kind of stars kind of aligned, and I was arrogant enough to ask for all the pressure and all the kind of stars aligned that came with it. That was like, no, like I, I think I think I deserve to have this spot. Um, and I, I'm, don't get me wrong. Obviously, the finals are kind of, you know, they're there's more at stake in the for the finale fights and and all that jazz, but I, I just think that there's something more like maybe people don't know yet, but like I bring it, a lot of people that maybe don't haven't seen me fight or whatever like that, but I always do come to look for a finish and I come to bring it, and I think that's ultimately like when you have someone who's always willing to take risks and 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 put themselves out there, try put themselves in positions to get finishes and beat up the opponents in such a way that fans are excited. Like I think you're ultimately gonna get opportunities and. This is one that I got, and I was like, right. And every like, like the last two opportunities I got with PFL, or three opportunities I got with PFL beforehand, it was like me for someone in Cardiff. I got they gave me the opportunity to get to open up the main card on the SBN, that first UK show, and I went in and and I, and I bust up Ben Ellis and choked him out in two odd minutes. And they are really impressed with me, so impressed with me that they got me my US visa, sent me out to Florida. I won in a really impressive manner then and I was begging them to get me straight back in and they told me they'd get me on the semi-finals of the playoffs which is the MSG one then they let me open up the main card and the MSG on that as well and I keep saying to PFL if you just keep giving me these opportunities like I will fucking perform like like I'm not because you are backing me and you are giving me the trust that has like employee satisfaction like a job satisfaction I want to perform I want to show you is that investing the trust and investing the time in me is going to ultimately make me perform to a higher level because I feel like I have to match the level that you think I'm at. So this is the same again. They have to give me this opportunity that let me close off the, the card and uh, in front of uh, hopefully a packed Dublin crowd on the night. And like I said, you give me the opportunities, I'm going to perform. And there's no ifs or buts about it. I'm coming to, to knock this fella's head off and... You know what I mean? It's uh, it's just really, it's really a surreal moment for me because when I actually fought in Bama, I was like, right, I'll be here again someday. Then I got the Bellator gig. I was the second fight of the night. And I was like, right, I'll be here again one day and one day it'll be me headlining. And it seemed that it was just like, I don't know, like such a short space. Even though like time moves quick in MMA and things move on fast, but it was like, I felt like from Bellator, it would be the February last year to December the next year, I'm headlining the card industry arena. It, 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 it's kind of like like it moved so quick that I didn't even have time to really process it but now that I'm kind of have people ask me the questions about it and stuff like that I'm like nah like I feel like I'm I feel like I belong here and, I, and I'm gonna really really turn up on the night and make sure that I bring an exciting uh, fight for everyone who came in uh, to, came into the arena to watch and ultimately for those who are watching online you know what I mean I really want to stand out and 
show that I can be a, a real star in this sport for Irish MMA. Uh, last two things for me, and I really appreciate the time. Uh, Dimitri, I, I watched a bit of tape. There isn't a whole lot of tape out there. Maybe you're able to find a bit more than me, but looking at his record, you know, he's four knockouts in, in six wins. What, what are your thoughts on him as opponent? Uh, like, like yourself, Sean, I haven't seen too much of him. I, I just had a quick look at his uh, Instagram profile, and, you know, you see the best bits of the fights. So which is always going to be the best bits anyway. You're not going to see them put up them. Yeah, getting like, knocked out getting of clipped them. Out. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? So uh, I just take it with a pinch of salt. Uh, ultimately, I know he's kind of he's going to be a bit lanky and long and have that long kind of range, long limbs. So I'm just I just prepared for me for this fight with with bodies that are kind of similar uh, length and style. And but uh, ultimately, regardless of who I fight, who's whoever's in front of me, whatever it is, I just feel like we're in a spot where like the opponent could change on a on a on a few days' notice. So unless you are in the best shape mentally and physically and, and skillfully that you can be in, there's not really need to worry about anything else because if I'm in the best shape mentally, physically and and skillfully that I can be in, no matter who's in front of me on, on the night, I'm going to go in and do what I do best, which is ultimately dominate the fight and, and hopefully get the finish. But uh, as far as him, I don't really know much about him. Like This is where it gets tricky and this, I know people are kind of criticising like, Oh, like why is Nathan getting the headline spot against this person? No one even knows him and stuff like that. But you know, this is the beauty of the sport. You like you can have these these lads who you never heard of and they can pull something out of the bag, you know what I mean? It's like it's just a beautiful sport and you know what I mean, anything can happen on the night, but I think that's what makes it exciting for me as well, is I don't really know what he's gonna bring. And like I have an idea of what way of the style he fights and you know, I've been preparing for like somewhat of that type of style, so We'll just see now in the night if all my preparation was was correct and if I can uh, capitalise on the style I think he's going to bring. But uh, like I said, ultimately, no matter who's in front of me, I'm coming in to, to hit them hard, make them make them second-guess ever taking the fight and hopefully get the finish then in, uh, in a nice fashion. But uh, as for Dimitri, you know what I mean? He's stepping into this this hostile Irish environment, you know what I mean? We all have it out for the French since Henri Hanball and knocked us out of the World Cup. So... You know, you can guarantee that I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be vengeful in in my attack, and uh, yeah, just make make sure to just be the best I can be in the night. And once I'm the best I can be in the night, it's a scary night for whoever steps in front of me, and that's that's what I feel about. Oh, it'll be a right, uh, an Irish right hand this time, maybe instead of a yeah. French. Right <laughs> 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 Last thing for me, obviously, like the the Bellator and PFL deals just happened as we we're recording this just yesterday. Um, a lot of people have been talking to the, I suppose, the Bellator fighters about it, saying like a bit, you know, it's an unknown for them and all. But it's a little bit of an unknown, I suppose, as well for the PFL fighters, especially someone like you who's hoping to get into the tournament next year. Now there's a whole raft of new fighters coming in. Obviously, you don't want to look past Dimitri or anything like that. But what was your reaction I suppose to the Bellator deal um, uh, obviously a lot of fighters coming into PFL is there anyone in Bellator you have the eye on you wouldn't mind fighting here in a big fight in the PFL um, yeah like I didn't I kind of already knew about it because not only had the rumours circulating yeah. and stuff like that but I didn't know what way it was going to work and now you see um, you see that they, they're going to kind of coexist together and you know, PFL fighters can fight on Bellator single off cards and Bellator lads can fight on PFL cards, etc., etc. But yeah, I don't really know too much yet about it to kind of plan something for myself. Like, I, I know that um, the last time I was speaking to PFL, they kind of had 
in their heads that I'd maybe fight a little bit more in Europe next year and kind of build a European kind of fan base or get the European uh, challenges out the way. But now that this is all after coming on board, things might change. And, you know, ultimately, if I win this fight, a door will open somewhere. If this is going over to Bellator and having a one-off fight against one of their lads who was probably at a high level or, you know, one of their lads coming over here and, and having a fight off one of us who was on a high level, I don't really know. Um, I don't really know too much yet, so I can only really play it by ear at the minute. And, and ultimately, when I win this fight, then I can kind of discuss and see what the crack is. But, like, as far as I know from, like, the kind of hearsay that I've had with PFL is that like uh, they're probably I don't think there's a featherweight tournament next year in the European series either so I think they might just have me fight on um, on the cards as I have been doing until until I basically am at a certain level where I have enough experience behind me to be able to go into this maybe this this million dollar tournament that featherweight and and give it a good run but um yeah ultimately for now i, I don't i'm not too sure but i think it's going to be exciting because you have a lot of big names coming over to to integrate now with the pfl and pfl to bellator and stuff like that so it's it's it's, it's going to be different like, it's going to be different because no one knows it's kind of uncertain and it's kind of uh, exciting and even with, up until now with pfl i've been kind of just gone with the flow anyway and uh, and I never had real proper certainty, but I kind of like that. I kind of like that uh, unknown because things just pop up out of the blue and then you get, it's like, all right, this is exciting now because they, like I didn't really know what was going to happen and now I'm after getting this opportunity. So now I can prepare for this and everything is kind of fresh. You know, just, it's not like you have a set plan and I need to do this and do this. I kind of like that idea. Everything is fresh and they're just like kind of throwing things at me and, you know, I'm very positive and eager to do most things that they give me anyway. So, yeah, I'll always take on, on board with their, what the ideas they're pushing and I'll kind of run with it. But, yeah, I don't, I don't really know what way to feel about it now. Um, obviously, a lot of my teammates fight on um, on uh, Bellator. So, I, I just, I'd like to see them, you know, I'd like to see them make sure they get looked after and, and they're not left in the unclear because... Uh, Ultimately, we're trying to make a living for ourselves doing this, and I don't want to see my teammates kind of out of out of the loop or, or getting kind of like like pushed pushed off to the side or in any way or anything like that. So once we're all fighting and happy like that, I'm 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 sweet, and I think uh, I think there's going to be good things to come in the future with with this merger, hundred percent. We might have two Nathan Gillies and a Derek Kelly on a on the card next year. I think people are getting confused in it that that happens. So we'll uh, we'll see how that goes. Ned, I really appreciate it. Thank you very much for joining me. If anyone wants to, to head to the Tree Arena, I know the tickets are in your bio on Instagram, aren't they? You can find the the link there, and that kind of goes to you as well. Is, is that is that the best place for people to go? Yeah. So basically, if you go onto my Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I think I even have it on TikTok and all, uh, just for, for, the, for the young kids. You know Don't I mean? tell that to Peter um, Queen, he'll kill you. <laughs> so, <laughs> click into the link. Um, I brings you to already discounted tickets. So, when you click in the link, the tickets are already discounted. You just need to unlock them because they're locked. So, you just put in the offer code NATE in capital letters, N-A-T-E, all caps, and then you can unlock the tickets and purchase. And, yeah, I have a big crowd going from Fingless and the greater areas are kind of the Dublin suburbs so it's going to be a great night um, I um, I just want to give a shout out to Zelton my uh, sponsors I have uh, the Zone Beck coming on board and, and, and helping me out for this one 
uh, the Dream Meta are coming on board, which is a nutrition company. They're they're they've been uh, looking after me the last few months leading up to the MSG fight and, and continuing on through. Um, get like carpets. It's one of my it's a friend of mine's uh, carpet fan company. He's supporting me and giving me a little bit of a push, and I'm trying to help him out as well. And uh, me and Clean. Uh, car wash services after jumping on board to give me a hand out as well so I'm going to be doing my best to promote all these over the next few weeks for getting behind me and yeah just like I said it's going to be a, it's going to be an exciting night there's a lot of a lot of stake on the night you have four finals um, a lot of good European talent trying to pr- pr- uh, prove themselves uh, lads trying to get into the US uh, tournament next year lads trying to qualify for the European tournament next year so you know like there's going to be a lot of at stake on the night, a lot of uh, anxieties, emotions, and and I think when you mix all that together with high high skill highly skilled fighters, you're going to get a great night of MMA. And I think uh, anyone who's interested in coming down, it'd be a shame to miss it because the tickets are fairly cheap and fairness compared to some other events that I've been on. And I think if if you can have a Christmas night out with your staff or whatever like that, this would be a good opportunity to get something like that in for a really reasonable price. And uh, yeah, it's going to be a great night, and I can't wait to to you know, finish the night off with a spectacular win and, and do it for everyone who's who's turned out to, to show up for me, you know what I mean? I'm telling you, if the PFL are looking for a promoter, they have one in their hands here anyway. It'd be fair. You're like double job <laughs> it there with them. It'd be absolutely perfect. Thank you very much for joining me. Thank you to everybody for tuning in. My name is Shachi for Sherlock.com. We'll see you all next time.